Welcome to the Brand Design Masters podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build the skills you need to design bulletproof brands for yourself, your business, and for the clients and customers you serve. And now, here's Philip. As a creative entrepreneur, it can feel isolating to go it alone. Imagine being surrounded by other accomplished creative colleagues eager to accelerate the growth of their business and personal brands. I'm Philip Van Dusen, and I'm launching a membership community called Bonfire for creative pros like you, because I believe in the power of building a meaningful network. Bonfire is a hybrid coaching, training, networking, and accountability community, a place for us to share, grow, and ignite our potential together. Need more confidence about your next move? With our Fire Milestone Success Map, you'll know what your next step should be and exactly how to get there. You get bi-weekly video sessions, private online community, a deep resource library, and exclusive access to yours truly and other amazing benefits. So come join Bonfire, a community of like-minded individuals who are as passionate as you. Visit philipvandusen.com bonfire to learn more about the launch. Let's fuel your creative future. The following podcast comes from a live stream I did recently. Many of you have requested that I make my live streams available as audio so you can listen to them on the go. So I am now republishing some of my most popular live streams as podcasts to make that possible. I share a boatload of valuable tips, tools, methods, and processes on my live streams, and I want to make sure that you don't miss a thing. Now, you may hear me make references to slide visuals, which you obviously can't see on a podcast, or to live stream viewers' comments and questions, but that just comes with the territory and generally won't detract from the value of the content, I assure you. And as always, if you like this episode, please take a moment to provide a star rating or review on your favorite podcast listening platform, or better yet, share the episode on social or with a friend or a colleague. And with that, let's jump into the episode. Hey, everybody. I'm stoked you guys are with me here today. And I wanted to just make one little announcement. And that is that my community for established creative professionals called Bonfire, the doors are now open for membership. And so it's been open for about a week, a little over a week. We have a whole bunch of members in there who are networking with each other and sharing resources and setting goals and holding each other accountable for those goals. And it is so far a really cool and vibrant group. And I know that it's going to get even more amazing as it grows and it's growing at just the rate that I want. But if you are a creative professional and are looking for a deeper, meaningful network that can get you work and can also move you forward faster with your goals, in your business, if you find yourself at a pivot point, if you find yourself stagnating or your growth is waned or a little bit, I'm hearing a lot about that as well. Bonfire is a great place to show up. So what I'm going to be talking about today are freelance success power tips. I did another live on Friday that was a little more mindset kind of soft skills focused, and this one's going to be definitely more tactical. We're going to be talking about some tactical stuff. To get some other things out of the way, if you're not a member or on my uh, newsletter, philipvandusen.com slash muse, definitely connect with me on all my social accounts, LinkedIn in particular. I publish my newsletter on LinkedIn as well. Instagram, getting a little more active there with reels and lives anyway. Uh, trying to break into threads. Threads is get going slow, but I am off Twitter. I am not on that platform. It's a dumpster fire and... I'd suggest all you guys come over to Threads because it's a much 
healthier atmosphere over there. And then there's the Brand Design Masters Facebook group. If you're not a member of the Brand Design Masters Facebook group, go over to facebook.com slash groups slash Brand Design Masters and join. It's free group. It's private. But if you really want to rock it, if you really want to rock it, you want to come over to Bonfire at philipvandusen.com slash bonfire and join my new membership mastermind community. Super, super excited about how that's going so far. Let's talk about freelancing success power tips. The first one is a personal brand audit. And this is, I'm assuming (laughs) that you guys are working on developing some sort of personal brand. And if you're not, you definitely should because building that authority and that visibility is one of those things that can really move your career and your business forward faster. But what I want to talk about in particular is doing a little bit of an audit of your personal brand as it stands today. This is a number one power tip for optimizing your own brand, and that's doing an audit, just like you would do an audit if you're doing a competitive audit for a project or a client. You want to Google yourself. That's number one. Just Google your name and look at the results. Look at all of the first five, eight pages of results. See where you show up. And also check out Google Images because you want to see what images, what posts, what thumbnails where you're showing up online as well. And then you want to take a look at all your social media accounts. You want to make sure that they are they're consistent, the branding, the color palette, the stuff that you're posting, your blog posts, particularly your LinkedIn profile. You want to look at your portfolio. Is that up to date? Do you have to add some more case studies or some more work that you haven't added to it in a while? You want to really look at everything and you want to assess it and think what does this say? In totality, what does this say? What does it say about me? Is this saying what I want it to say? Is it conveying the message that is the brand message that I want to have come across? Now, doing this yourself is part of it, but it's always good to get another set of eyes on it too. And just to circle back, consistency is one of those things that you should really focus on. You want to make sure you're evaluating all of your brand elements, your logo, your design, your typography, your fonts, your color palette, the tone of your written communication, any patterns or textures or photography styles or layout styles that you're using. All of those things you want to try to make as consistent as possible. Why? It's because of the three R's. And the three R's are recognized, remembered, and revered. And these are the kind of three steps of building a personal brand, visibility to authority. You want to be able to be recognized. So that's where that consistency really comes in. You want people to be able to recognize the brand is you when you come across their feed. And you can only do that through consistent visual branding. And then over time, people can recall you because they're seeing the same thing consistently over and over again. And then as you deliver your value and build your expertise, you'll build that level of being revered by people. Now, as I said, when you're doing your own personal brand on it, you want to audit yourself. Yes, obviously. But it's also very difficult sometimes to have any kind of clear perspective because you've been looking at it all this time. So it's probably a good idea to get someone else's or a number of people's eyes on it other than yours to get a different point of view. You can do this also with clients, and clients are sometimes the best. One of the questions I always ask new clients or prospects is that, where did you come across me? What did you see? What kind of content was it? I do a bit of an audit to to find out where they 
came across me. And not only do you want to ask clients, you want to ask colleagues and mentors. This is a really great way that you can utilize community like Bonfire is having colleagues and a mentor and people whose opinions and uh, expertise that you trust to be able to give you an educated view on how you're showing up online. And another thing you can do is just to use a simple email survey. If you have an email list, or even if you just have 20 or 30 colleagues or old clients to send out an email with a simple set of questions around what their impressions of your online brand are, or you could use something as a little more complicated like uh, Google Forms or JotForm and send people to a URL with a set form that would then aggregate that feedback and, and kick it back out to you. So reaching out directly is just as easy. Why we do this? We do this because building a personal brand ultimately gets you clients. It gets you clients and it gets you better clients and better projects. And it establishes over time a level of credibility and trust. And It positions you as an expert in your field and your prospective clients are more likely to trust you and people who are more likely to trust you are more likely to buy from you, to hire you. And they're also more likely to, even if they don't use you, they're more likely to remember you and refer you to others. And the other thing that you want to pay really close attention to is differentiation. So when you're doing your audit of yourself, You also want to look at your competition. You want to treat this audit of yourself just like you would be doing a competitive audit for a a client where you're looking at a range of their competition and assessing how they're showing up in comparison to their competition. You want to do that for yourself too. You want to look at some other creative professionals who are in your particular discipline and look at their websites and their social media profiles and the content they're posting where they're showing up on on podcasts or YouTube, audio, video, et cetera. And you want to really compare apples to apples, you to them. Is there anything that they're doing that you're not? Anything that they're doing well that you're not? Or that you're doing well that they're not doing well? Just educating yourself across the spectrum of your competitive set can be really, really motivational and educational to give you a roadmap to like where you need to take it next. And you want to remember that when you're looking at your competition, the old quote, different is better than better, is absolutely true. Differentiation makes you more memorable. You want to think about how you're going to show up differently. You have to decide what you're going to highlight that's going to set you apart. And clients are always more likely to choose someone who stands out, who aligns with their needs and their values, and it helps to be able to be recognized and recalled to get to that stage. And that's what a personal brand on is going to get you. Number two, number two is a client onboarding process. Now we're going to get a little bit really tactical here, but this is one of those power tips in freelancing that can really streamline your processes and make your work more efficient and also make your projects run better and have you show up better in front of your clients in terms of acting like a professional. So if you do anything twice in your business, you want to template it. Meaning every email, if you send out an email and you've found that you sent this email two or three times, create a template of it. If you've done a discovery session and you asked a series of questions, 
template that as well. When you're developing a creative brief, figure out a way to template your creative brief. Proposals are one of those places where templates are incredibly helpful. And the components of a proposal that you want to think about are the introduction page where you're saying hello and writing the client a bit of a letter. You want to outline the phases of the project, the descriptions, the objectives of the project, as well as the timeline of each phase and the fees associated with each phase. You want to make sure that you're outlining and capturing the meetings and the reviews that are going to take place in every single phase. You want to capture a overall project calendar. So how long is the project going to take from beginning to end? And then in that proposal, you also want to lay out payment terms. Is it a 50% deposit with 25% halfway through and then 25% when it's finished? Whatever your payment terms are, you want to make sure you're capturing that proposal as well. And you're including also your contracts and your terms and conditions for the legalities around your project. And if you don't have a contract and you're not getting your clients to sign an actual contract in every single project that you do, I highly recommend that you look at that. One of the cool things about being in Bonfire, my mastermind community, is that a lot of these templates that I'm talking about right here are available for for every single member of Bonfire. There are tons of downloadable templates and worksheets and checklists and assessments and tools just like this inside of Bonfire that are like done for you. The members of Bonfire have access to a whole lot of this stuff. So you might want to check out that community. One of the things that returns the most results in terms of time back are email templates. And some of the email templates that you should develop are, you know, outreach emails, ballpark proposal emails, welcome messages, next steps outline, setting expectations of an engagement and a series of emails to keep the client engaged throughout the project and also informed from the very start. Another thing that you want to think about when you're developing your your project structure is a client onboarding portal. So you might want to set something up like Basecamp or Trello or Airtable. That's a secure online portal that you can access and that your clients can access. So your clients can access documentation or timelines or updates or review materials or assets that are part of the project's deliverables. And it makes it easier for those clients to know where to go and to stay in the loop. And it also minimizes that email back and forth, that link sending around Dropbox to have a portal that contains everything all in one place. Another place you can template things is through your kickoff meeting. So having a kickoff meeting agenda that sets the stage for the entire project and top lines what's in the proposal, introduces the teams to each other, outlines the objectives, the key milestones, the roles and responsibilities, and following up with meeting notes from this agenda, from this kind of kickoff meeting. You can template all of these aspects of it from the agenda all the way down to the communications involved in it. Another thing that you want to set up and make sure that you have in place that can be really add efficiency to your projects and to your practice are payment systems. You want to make it as absolutely easy as possible for your clients to pay you. 
You want to offer multiple payment options if you can. Some clients like to actually mail in physical checks. Some will pay with credit cards or with PayPal. Some will do automatic bank transfers. If you work a lot internationally, you have one thing you want to make sure that you template is an email that shares all of your your wire transfer information for your bank accounts, for your business. You want to remove as much friction as possible from the payment process because let, let me put it this way, not templating that is such a pain in the butt. Like trying to get paid and chasing down who to contact and all that sort of stuff. Making sure that that's a templated process is one of those things you want to pay attention to. Another thing that you want to establish a process around that you can template is the feedback process. You want to really define, this is feedback on the work, defining how and when clients are going to be giving you feedback. When are those regular check-ins going to take place? And having those regular check-ins will really help you keep your finger on the pulse of the project, keep your finger on the pulse of your client's attitudes, how good they're feeling about the project, and also will help you adjust your course of action throughout the project. It prevents misunderstandings later, and it's really helpful to have a feedback process in place and that the client really understands what that is, what the calendar of it is, how soon after a presentation you're expecting feedback, the ramifications if they do not give you feedback in time. That's another really important one. And one I've run into my whole career from when I was in corporate in-house to global agencies to my own agency, the one place where projects have a tendency to go off the rails or off calendar more often is in the feedback process. After you've presented and your client takes their sweet time in giving you feedback or they're trying to get a hold of stakeholders who have to all weigh in and suddenly your calendar is slipping. You want to make sure that you're very clear about the timeline of when you should receive feedback in order to stay on calendar. And as soon as they skip that deadline, as soon as that deadline starts getting pushed, you have to be super clear about the fact that they're not getting you the feedback in time is affecting the calendar. And you have to do that every single time it happens. I know it feels like being a squeaky wheel, but I assure you that it will save you a lot of heartache later. And then Finally, within this process aspect of it, you want to have an exit strategy. And an exit strategy doesn't mean like if the project goes south and they want their deposit back. What I mean is when the project ends. So you want to define and templatize how a project is going to wrap up, including final deliverables, the handoff of those, how that's going to take place, what form it's going to be in. Are there any usage instructions that you're going to deliver to the client about how to use the final deliverables and files that you're handing off to them? Is there any kind of ongoing support for any period of time? Does that ongoing support end after a period of time? All of this really helps you clarify and tighten up when a project is coming to a close. And by doing that, it also is teeing up future projects because that should be a part of your exit strategy is cleaning up the end of a project and setting up the possibility of receiving another one. All right. Number three are pricing strategies. Pricing strategies, how you go about pricing your work is one of those power tips that can really make the difference between having a chaotic freelance practice or a well-oiled 
freelance practice that's pleasurable for everybody, both from you and from the client. One of the things that I want to make abundantly clear to everybody who's here is that when at all possible, you should be pricing your projects on a value-based way, meaning pricing your projects as a project, not hourly. The only time that hourly rates really work are when you are coaching or when you're consulting, when you're delivering back and forth advice to a client on some sort of either single hourly or retainer basis. That's the only time you really want to work hourly. And here's another big power tip. And this is one of those things that will save you tons of time of energy when it comes to the pricing stage of a project. And that is pre-qualifying clients. So you may have an initial discovery call. You may talk about what is that deliverable that they want. You may give them an idea of what your fee range is and they might go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're now going to move to the proposal piece of the process. Now, if you write proposals like I do, my proposals are 10, 20, 15 pages long, right? Broken down into phase and they have calendars and they have all sorts of descriptions and activities and all this sort of stuff. It can take a day to put together a fully fledged proposal or more. And the worst thing to have happen in a freelance business is to spend a day on a proposal and then send it out to the client and have them go, whoa, 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 I had no idea it was going to cost this much. This wasn't in my budget or they get sticker shock and they walk away. That is the last thing that you want to have happen to you. And here's the hack. Here's the power tip that I have used since I've been independent. And I think it's really more useful for individual freelancers and small agencies than it is much larger agencies. They don't seem to suffer from this as much, but is to pre-qualify or clarify with your clients what a project is likely to cost via a ballpark email. And I tell my clients, we'll have our discovery call, we'll talk about deliverables, and then I'll send you a ballpark email with a quote of the fee. And I'll break down the fee by phases, but it's very simple email. It's not like big phase descriptions and all that sort of stuff. And it is a clear as possible price quote. And within that email, you also say, until the final proposal is signed, this is just a ballpark proposal. But what that does is it saves you the heartache of having spent a day writing a huge, gigantic proposal and then have a misalignment in communication between you and your client, or they somehow got cold feet or something like that. So having that stage where you're doing a ballpark proposal in email and getting a sign-off and telling this to your client from the very beginning, this is my process. I'll send you a ballpark proposal via email. If you align with that and send back an email saying, yes, let's go to proposal, then that's what we'll do. When that happens, that's fantastic. But if you get to the point where you are sending out that ballpark proposal and they're like, I didn't think it was going to be this much, or, you know, can we do this with this phase or this with other? That's one of those advantages of doing it that way. Now, another thing that is a great tip for negotiating pricing around the pricing strategies of a project is something called anchoring high. And anchoring high is starting the negotiation by quoting something that's a higher rate than your minimum acceptable fee. And this sets the stage for compromise. It may, you have to be careful because you don't want to like hit them overhead with gigantic sticker shock. 
but it sets the stage for compromise and it gives you room to negotiate downward if you need to. Plus, in the best case scenario, the client agrees to that higher fee right off the bat and boom, right? So you're landing a project with a much higher rate than you've had before. It's a delicate balance. You don't want to scare them off, but can be advantageous to anchor high in your pricing quotes at the beginning. And make sure that you are doing value-based pricing. And this is what I alluded to at the beginning also when you're pricing your projects per project or per phase per project, is you want to focus on the value that you are delivering. You want to explain how your services, your deliverable is solving a particular problem for their business. Is it generating revenue? Is it generating leads? Is it generating traffic? Is it building visual branding consistency across all of their touch points? Is it making their website more effective so people don't bounce so quickly? When clients understand the ROI that they are getting, they are much more willing to pay a higher price. So practicing how you're articulating the ROI, the return on investment of what you're delivering to your clients is one of those activities that will benefit you to the end of time the more you practice it. And in my course, Brand Strategy 101, if you go to philipvandusen.com slash enroll or philipvandusen.com slash BS 101, Brand Strategy 101 is a course on the basics of brand strategy. But within that course, I go deep into how you articulate the ROI of design and what it can do for a client's business. So if you're having trouble with that aspect of what your freelance business is, and you're having a hard time convincing your client to pay the rates that you want them to pay, you're not communicating their ROI of what it is that you do well enough. And Brand Strategy 101 is a course which can really equip you with the sort of skills that you need to alleviate that problem. Another pricing strategy, which is really helpful, is what I call package deals. And Offering multiple service packages or tiering the pricing of the proposal that you're giving your client can be very, very helpful. And what I mean by that is if you're doing a proposal, price it three different ways. Price it bronze, silver, gold. So bronze is the basic package with absolutely only the essentials of what they need. Silver is the full set of deliverables. And then gold is the full set of deliverables plus additional services, faster turnaround, ongoing support afterwards, whatever that thing, maybe it's additional deliverables within that, which you think that they might need or might be beneficial to them. This kind of pricing strategy where you're giving them three pricing tiers, and I generally do this in the ballpark proposal, because if you're going to anchor high, giving them that tiered pricing around something that you're starting as an anchor high in the the gold tier Showing them that there's flexibility within this ballpark quote can be really helpful. And it allows the client basically a sense of control over the process rather than you're just like lobbing this huge number over the fence to them and they have to like eat it or not. It gives them a sense of control and an ability to judge their budget versus their needs versus the deliverables. And it also makes your higher tiers of pricing seem more valuable. So offering packages or laying out your proposals or your quotes within a value tier system can be really helpful. So number four is communication and time management. And the biggest goal here in communication and time management 
is to eliminate ambiguity. You want to assure that you and your client are both on the same page all the time. It reduces the risk of any kind of misunderstandings. Eliminating ambiguity and setting clear milestones and deadlines, establishing a super clear timeline and calendar for the project broken down per phase that outlines the key milestones, the key reviews, the key presentations, the deadlines, the check-in dates, when they have to give you feedback, when you're going to come back with revisions. Both parties must agree and must sign off to this calendar at the beginning. And then you check in periodically around this calendar as you go through the project. And if any of those dates slip, you re-output the calendar and re-communicate that with the client. Both parties must agree. And then it also gives the client a roadmap for what's going to happen. And that gives them a sense of kind of calm and control and really helps them understand that you have things well in hand. And it also helps you manage the workflow of what you're doing. Then giving your client regular status updates is proactive and that sort of proactive communication is absolutely key in running a good project as a freelancer. When in doubt, over-communicate. That's my mantra. When in doubt, over-communicate. If you think your client knows something, be absolutely sure that they know it. Send them an email and restate it to them. Don't ever wait for the client to reach out to you to ask how things are going. You want to give regular status updates, even if the status is that nothing is happening right now, or there's going to be a bit of a delay or whatever that is. You want to make sure that your client knows whatever is happening. The project's on track. Even if you're in the middle of a phase where you're doing some work, they haven't heard from you in a while. And sometimes it just helps to just ping them and say, hey, the work's going really great. It helps them know that you're, they are top of mind to you and that you're paying attention. And then you also want to make sure that you're defining project scope and boundaries. This is another big one where a lot of freelancers and people that I coach and mentor run into problems. And that is you want to be really clear (laughs) about what is included and what is not included in a project. You have to have everything clearly defined in your proposal, in your phases of work, how they're described, and not only the objectives, but what you're delivering and what their final takeaway of that is going to be. If a client requests additional work in the middle of a project, you have to like slam on the brakes. If any additional work that you deem out of scope of the project comes about, You want to make sure that you like nip that in the bud right away. Because if you don't, this is the biggest stumble that most freelancers do is that they'll accommodate the client on something that's a little out of scope. And then it's like a waterfall after that. You have to be really clear and really firm with your clients about the need for additional time or money or what we call a change order, which is an actual change of scope that gets written down added as an extra phase in the proposal, and re-output to the client for signature. Anything that is out of scope, you want to make sure that you slam on the brakes, have a conversation, and talk about it. Because there's nothing that will destroy a relationship between an agency or a freelancer and a client faster than scope creep that's not addressed. And it builds resentment in you, and then they also start to feel like they can get over on you. So you don't want to have a relationship like that. And finally, number five, 
is networking for long-term success. One of the most important things for freelancers to do in their businesses is to make sure that they are building a meaningful network. And there's a number of reasons around this. Number one is immediate job opportunities. Like building a meaningful network is one of the best ways to gain referrals, gain word of mouth recommendations, to broaden your main awareness opening, the top of your new business funnel. It's great for long-term career growth. If you're employed in an agency or an in-house company, building a meaningful network is one of those things that is the most important piece of career insurance that you can possibly build for yourself. It's who you know, not what you know, that matters. Now, the usual suspects of networking, meetups, conferences, events, webinars, seminars, etc. Also, power user level goes to professional organizations like the AIGA or the DMI, Design Management Institute, or BNI, Business Network International. There's a number of professional and entrepreneurial networks out there. Moving up to the superpower user level of networking for long-term success, you get to mastermind groups like Bonfire, which is full of established creative professionals who are networking and building meaningful relationships with each other, sharing work, setting goals, holding each other accountable to those goals, and moving and learning faster at a much faster rate than they would if they were siloed and alone. And I've seen this time again, and it's absolutely proven to be effective, and it's happening inside of Bonfire right now. So if you're interested, Check out philipvandusen.com slash bonfire to check that out. And then superpower networking plus one is a one-on-one mentorship relationship. So I have a a number of mentees and finding and developing a one-on-one relationship with a mentor is one of the best things you can do in terms of networking and personal development as a freelancer for your long-term success. And I wanted to share a couple like easy ways in, (laughs) you know, easy, easy network and relationship building power tips. And here's one, using content to initiate conversations. So a lot of times we think about content marketing, like I'm putting out my expertise to show people how smart I am. And this is what I know. And they're going to see that I know what I'm talking about. And they are going to come to me as clients because I look smart and accomplished content marketing. But There's a different way of using content marketing, and that's that instead of the, this is my thought leadership approach to it, you use it as a nice to meet you message. You use it as a conversation starter. You share a relevant article or a podcast or even one of your own pieces, but you use that content as a conversation starter by tagging others that you want to start having an engagement or conversation with to that content. What it does is it creates an immediate connection between you and a number of individuals who you want to start networking with. It provides immediate value to them. And it also is a conversation starter. It's a starter of and a back and forth engagement, which can lead to a broader and deeper collegial relationship, which will build your network and have all those benefits that I was just talking about. And it opens that door for a deeper connection and a deeper discussion. Another power tip is to host virtual coffee chats. And these can be really informal. 
basically, you know, you can DM someone on LinkedIn or send them an email or a Facebook message or WhatsApp message, whatever that is, and set up a very short 15 to 20 minute coffee chat. No agenda. I'd really like to meet you and find out more about what you do. And you can do this with peers. You can do it with potential clients. It's a low commitment way just to get to know each other because people do business with people. They don't do business with brands. So if you're putting content out there, like this is my agency, you're showing up as a brand. One of the ways to get around that and to show up as a person is to do this sort of thing with a low, low intensity kind of informal coffee chats, which you can do on Zoom. You can do them in real life if you live in a, a larger city and you have network connections you want to make there. And you can even make it a regular thing. You can invite more people. You can have it be more of like a coffee talk situation where it's like more of a round table. And kind of an interesting example of this is in Bonfire, the mastermind community, I'm hosting office hours twice a month. So we have two mastermind sessions a month, and then we have two very informal kind of coffee chats where we're just showing up, we're just talking. And there's a little bit of coaching from me, but nothing formal. And there's no process in how the conversation is architected like it is in a mastermind meeting. Another kind of approach or power tip to do this is, and something that's happening more and more is showing up as functionality more and more in social are voice messages. I know it sounds so totally old school, but it's true. Like platforms like Facebook Messenger and LinkedIn and now Threads, Threads just a couple days ago has introduced to a very small number, I believe, of beta users the ability to leave voice messages. And it allows you to send a quick, short voice message to someone. It's a more personal way of engaging and connecting with people to hear your voice. And I tell you what, the response rate from a quick Loom video or a quick voicemail message is about 10x what it is from any kind of written communication. I guarantee you that because it's memorable for one thing, because people don't receive as many of them. And it adds this layer of humanity and a level, layer of authenticity to how you show up with uh, network connections that you want to start building and deepening. The final, well, no, second to last kind of final, well, it is final power tip I want to share with you is tracking and following up. You want to maintain, and this is one of those things about networking that not a lot of people do this, which is you got to write it down. Like you got to track it. You have to approach networking just like you would a content marketing campaign or any kind of advertising campaign. You want to take a simple spreadsheet, Google spreadsheet, whatever that is. You could use a CRM tool if you want to go that far, but you want to keep track of the connections that you are trying to nurture, that you are trying to build meaningful relationships with. And you want to track who it is and the times that you've had interactions with them, the conversations that you've had. Because if you have 15 or 20 of them going on at the same time that you're trying to nurture over time, it's kind of sometimes hard to remember where you left off, right? Or what was the last thing you talked about? Or what was the last thing that they posted that you commented on? So writing this down and just reminding yourself to follow up or share updates or simply to check in, having some sort of a tool that you're tracking your networking actions is a power tip that is super, super helpful and very effective. Because networking is a long game. 
and people will fall off your radar. The new ones will come on your radar. And if you have a way to track that over time, it can be really helpful. And consistency in how you're communicating, again, is key. Joining a community like Bonfire is one of those activities that can deliver on a whole lot of these different freelancer success power tips. Everything from networking to templates to process to pricing and negotiation, building meaningful networks, building a personal brand, all of these things happen within mastermind communities. And so I wanted to draw your attention again to Bonfire because the people in Bonfire are on fire. And when you surround yourself with people who are on fire, you catch fire too. When people invest in a community, they are investing financially to build their businesses and build their networks. And when everyone there has invested, they put their back into it. It's not like a free Facebook group. Some people show up, they sign up, they never show up, they never post. They like to think about it once every six months. Mastermind groups are not like that. Communities are not like that. People show up with intent and intention and they work it. And you're in there working it and they're in there working it. And that's what makes them so incredibly successful. And so Bonfire is launched. It's going right now. If you go to philipvanduson.com slash bonfire, you can learn more about it. There are people in Bonfire we are already meeting, we are already building relationships. And I would love it if you came along. What you get in Bonfire membership, it's not membership because it's a bonfire, it's membership. You get group mentorship from me. You get two Zoom calls a month. You get recordings of all the meetings if you just happen to miss one. There's a private online community on the Circle platform that's populated with all sorts of content and resources. You get feedback and accountability partners who are showing up and investing in it and in a serious way. I've also created a FIRE milestone success map, which is a collection of resources that are organized in a way that will help you build your business, no matter what stage of your business that you're in. And I'm also, as I said, offering kind of free informal office hours as well. Bonfire embers also get discounted access to Brand Strategy 101, which is my signature brand strategy course. And when it comes to communicating the ROI of what it is that you deliver in your professional practice, that's one of the places where you can really get some serious knowledge bombs that you can put to work right away. And then we're also going to have some visiting expert speakers periodically to drop in, drop serious knowledge for the group. And tons and tons of tools and templates, lots of templates, worksheets, actual strategy tools, downloadable checklists, that you can use for your business like the second that you sign up and go inside a bonfire. There's tons of it. And I'm being told by bonfire members already, they're like, oh my God, there's so much stuff in here. Like, where do I even start? So we will get down to that. So bonfire is $97 a month and you pay quarterly. You can pay monthly, but it's more expensive that way. So it's $97 a month. There's also an elevated tier for a more intimate mastermind that's limited to nine people called the Guild. And that is $297 a month. But if you want to be an ember of Bonfire, you can get in for $97 a month and you pay quarterly. And so if you go to philipvandusen.com slash bonfire, you can learn more about it. It's going like a house of fire right now. And we'd love to have you inside. If you are a mid-career creative professional, established creative pro, and you are at 
an inflection point. You're at a growth point. Maybe you're at a pivot point in your career. Maybe you're moving from in-house to agency, or maybe you're moving from agency to in-house or agency to external freelance, or you've been freelancing and now you want to start delivering something more elevated like brand strategy or consulting. Or maybe you want to start building a personal brand and building a community. We have a member inside of the group who has got an agency going, doing very well, and now he wants to start building a community outside that he's going to to share value with. There's all sorts of amazing growth and expansion happening inside Bonfire. And so if you're interested in it and you feel like that would be beneficial to you, and I can guarantee almost every creative professional who's in mid-career, this would be beneficial to you. I'm not going to kid you. And if you go to this website, just today, in fact, I posted about seven different testimonial videos of people who were in the previous masterminds I've run. There'll be more videos coming in the next couple of days, but there's seven testimonial videos of people towards the bottom of the page. If you want to hear directly from people who are in this and what it's done for them. So definitely check that out. And I know that some of the people here in this live are in it, which is also really cool. And it shows you how invested they are in their growth. So kudos to you. It means a lot to me that you spend your Friday afternoon with me sharing some knowledge around freelancing and creative professions. And I'm going to be going live frequently over the next couple of weeks. So if you're on my email list, keep your eyes open. I'll be doing another live in just a day or so. I hope you all are well. And until next time, have a great one. Bye now. If you'd like to help support the Brand Design Masters podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all our content, products, courses, and live video shows, head over to philipvandusen.com slash muse and sign up for the Brand Muse newsletter. That's where we share all the latest news, resources, articles, books, and videos that we recommend to help you build and improve your creative practice, personal brand, and business. That's philipvandusen.com slash muse, M-U-S-E. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.